Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. What's Greg, up, how's guys? that What's phone up? doing, buddy? Oh, man. Well, let's just what say happened? the show went on. Excellent. Got, got a little injury. We'll talk about it some other Greg's, time. But, Greg's uh, holding up his thumb. It's It's got a band-aid yeah. on it. Got a yeah. band-aid on it. That's yeah. awesome. And the show You don't want to see what's on. underneath. Show you don't must go see on. Yeah. 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 Show must go on. Yeah. Yeah, you, don't need, you don't need your fingers when you're a guitar player. That's right. <laughs> it's your thumb. It is, it is funny how delicate a balance. I'm really glad I'm not a professional musician in that regard. Like for how often I damage and injure my fingers. Mm. Like it must be terrifying for you. You got to take care of those. I know. I usually do. This is a very rare thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got my fingers slammed in a car door. You know? What was it? George Life. Costanza was a hand model. Was that it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We walked yeah, around take, with oven mitts. Yeah, with the, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's what I need to do. Nice. Nick, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Yeah? Took the took. Yep, had the uh, had the boys. Uh, went down to my brothers this weekend. It was a great time. So a lot of fun. cool. Nice, nice. Jay, yeah. what about you? Oh, uh, well, let's see. We actually had some people over to the house. We had the mm-hmm. the neighborhood over to our house last Friday. Guests. Yeah, I know. It's a really mm-hmm. weird thing in the Rossman household wow. to actually have people over to our house to like hang out. Mm-hmm. It was really well, cool. The whole neighbor came over, neighborhood came over. It was like a little, uh, you know, house party, happy oh, hour type of thing. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Still well, especially from in, the that. Post, in the post COVID age. I think it was yes. a post kitchen renovation. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> post COVID, post kitchen. Yeah. yeah awesome. And uh, one of our neighbors who I guess has a massive bourbon collection, he showed mm-hmm. me a picture. It's like, Six thousand dollars worth of bourbon in a closet. Brought over Whoa. a, a uh, pretty nice bottle of rye, and we had uh, about yeah, eight too many good. old fashions between us. So, <laughs> <laughs> still, still recovering from that. Got a little sloppy. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> but you got you, you get you know when in Rome. It's that high quality bourbon. Yeah, exactly. He came well, over and it was it was a gift. I'm not gonna say no, dude. Mm-hmm. When I, uh, one time I was playing in Lexington, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, the uh, the owner of the place afterwards came up he's like you guys want some really nice uh bourbon and i was about to be like of course yeah you know? <laughs> and our, our our bass player slash manager he's just very modest very polite guy and he's like oh no we don't need to you know i was just like shut <laughs> up <laughs> like, like, we're, he's like he's like no because I, I gotta go to the back to get it he's like no we really don't need it. i was like yes we do we want it we yes, want we it do. we want the good bourbon <laughs> <laughs> oh, know, she's Oh, he! Oh, I wasn't gonna let that go. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would have like, I would have pulled him aside five seconds ago and be like, "Listen, my, that guy's nuts. I really would did want yeah. some of that nice." He's bourbon. not really in the band. We just kicked him out. Can yeah, we yeah, get yeah, that yeah, bourbon? No, yeah. he, just, he just, he he's, he's, a, he's like a fan. He's always trying to like weirdo, <laughs> just to hang, hang out and like follow us to our hotel rooms and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. All anyway. right. Well, good to hear everybody's doing well. We're all settled in. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a cool episode for you tonight. I hope. What do you say yeah. we uh, get things rolling? Hey now. Yes, that's right. You're tuned in to You Should Check It Out, keeping all 10 fingers on our hands. Somehow. About, yeah. Somehow or another for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Knock on wood. We hope that uh, continues. Not too hard. Not too hard. No. Careful of the wood. (laughs) Careful. Yeah. You know know what? Just, just. Just knock on the wood, but like, don't hit it. Use a tool. Let me get a thumbs up. There. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Use a tool. 
Exactly. But don't grip it too tight. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. This is episode 180 coming at you. Halfway around. Beautiful the Thursday. Ah, Halfway around. 180 yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Coming yeah. at you. Beautiful Thursday. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And we have a cool episode for you tonight. Under slightly sad circumstances, uh, we yeah. heard last week, as I'm sure you all have, if you pay attention to the music community, that um, a, tr a true musical icon, an inspiration to me and to Greg and to a bunch of guitarists out there and musicians all around the world, uh, Mr. Jeff Beck mm -hmm. passed away last week. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it. Initially, I was like, I was like, well, you, you guys don't want to talk about it. You know, I, I can take the, the Jeff Beck tribute. That'll that'll be nice this week. And then Greg was like, oh, yeah, well, let, you know, I'd like to talk about it, too. Why don't we turn it into a whole, full episode? So Nick got dragged into it as well. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Nick's as big of a Jeff Beck fan as, as we are. But I hope in the past week, maybe you've gotten a chance to, to listen to his stuff and get a little bit more I've appreciation for him. a significant amount of Jeff Beck um, listening and that's uh, awesome. Feel, I feel better for it. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. To, uh, excited for the conversation. You know, it, we'll get, we'll get into this, the specifics obviously as we go, but it's actually kind of cool to to have you as someone who's kind of taking it in, some of it in for the first time. Most yeah. of it, you yeah. know, and, mm -hmm. and and we'll we'll touch on it later. But it's it's not like if I don't want to drop names, but let's just say like shredders like you know like mm -hmm, we, we talk mm -hmm. about guitar players and you know jeff beck is known as a technician but he's not a shredder you know he's not like mm -hmm. he, he's really a composer and musician and yeah all these wonderful things that we'll get into can't wait for it absolutely so i don't know i i there's a lot of ways we can uh, attack this i kind of want to start things by just kind of giving a history but before i even do that i i want to play some jeff beck music and yeah, we got to listen to it. Yeah, I, I want to just kind of hop right in here. This is um, him playing at Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club in 2007, I believe. And this is kind of significant because he doesn't typically play small venues. He's, he's used to playing very large arenas and auditoriums and stuff like that. And and he actually got contacted to play this this jazz club, Ronnie Scott's, which is a very small, like, traditional jazz club it's something like you'd see in new york city you know it's about 100 200 people something like that in, in london mm -hmm. right in london yeah yeah right. and uh he got they booked him for an entire week so he played an entire week and they they videotaped it and they uh they made a really good audio recording of it the band is fantastic it's uh tal wilkenfeld who mm -hmm. at the on bass who at the time was like 21 years old but she looks like she's about 12 <laughs> um right. but and, and was completely just, unknown yeah, time. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Vinny Caluda on drums. The master. Yeah. We'll get Vinny Caluda, who actually recommended Tal Wilkenfeld to Jeff Beck to play. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and she continued to play with him for the next 10 years or something like that. Anyway, and enough enough said. This is just Jeff Beck in a, in a very intimate setting, and this is a song that's off of the 1976 album called Wired. It's called Because We've Ended as Lovers, and this is the solo section from this. And this just... I mean, I, I, to me, this just encapsulates everything that Jeff Beck, Beck is, why he's great. Check it. Awesome.
I mean, like I said, it encapsulates everything I love about Jeff Beck. There's the alternative techniques. You know, he's doing stuff that and playing in a very different way from really any other guitar player out there. Mm -hmm. Just tasteful licks. It's never just going back into like a blues based pattern. It's it's a it's a fresh phrase each time. Tasteful. Each note is treated with like separate care. You know, mm -hmm. each one is attacked with different dynamics. He's just a master, man. And uh, God, be missed. <laughs> it's had me it's crazy. To to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, he's playing. Again, we're we're gonna get to more of it later, but like, that's a Stevie Wonder tune, right? Yes, it is. Because we've ended and, his lovers, you know, and uh, you know, and that was a close friend and collaborator. Yeah, yeah. His, totally. As we'll as we'll get to, and I mean, you know, I can't think of any other guitar player that's been known as a collaborator with Stevie Wonder, and then yeah. all the other incredible people that he collaborated mm -hmm. with, including on yeah. this last recording, Vinnie Caliuta. Yeah. Who is like one of the best drummers who's ever lived? I mean, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, and yeah, uh, it's just crazy because you know I saw Vinnie Caliuta playing with uh, Herbie Hancock at Hollywood Bowl, and mm -hmm. I'm as I'm listening to this recording, you know, you think you're like of Vinnie in that Zappa. Didn't he play well, that's we, that was Vinnie in Zappa mode. <laughs> kind of, like, yes. That, well, because that, that song we just listened to. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he's free to go there because mm -hmm. Jeff is so open. Yeah. yeah, and he, and anyway, it's just it, it's so cool. I always, uh, for a long time, even before I took the step into trying to create a career for myself, envied mm -hmm. this guy's career because I'm like, yeah. he just, he seems to go walking through life like just doing whatever the hell he wants. Yes, yes, uh -huh. you know, yeah. and he just has this really badass attitude. Yes. And it seems yeah. like he might have some enemies somewhere. <laughs> like, I don't know why I get that in, that feeling, but uh, he might. I, I read a couple stories. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, he, I, no, I guess that... he was like kind of a hothead. I, I, I don't know. I could, I could just, I could relate to him a little bit more than <laughs> like, you know, uh, some of the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, anyway. absolutely. That's one of the things that I love about Jeff Beck. He just, he has this kind of effortless way that he's walked through the world. Like he doesn't, he admits freely, like he doesn't really practice all that much. I mean, there must've been a time in his life where he really just grounded out, but he doesn't right. pick up the guitar that much to practice. And he has all these other extracurricular like loves, like women and cars and hot rods. And like, <laughs> and, like guitars are kind of like in there somewhere, you know? <laughs> but when he picks it up, it's like, this guy's like one of the masters of the craft. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of love that about him as well. And yeah. that, that that brings me to like a little bit of his history because it's it's interesting. He has this approach that sounds very familiar if you're into guitar shredders. Like he kind of has this Joe Satriani or Steve Vai kind of sound. Well, but they have a Jeff Beck sound. <laughs> they have a Jeff Beck sound. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. the interesting thing is that he he was he's not from that era. He's from the earlier era. No. You know, he's mm -hmm. he's from way the, earlier. The, yeah, yeah. He, Absolutely. Right? He's he's from the first era of real mm -hmm. guitar heroes, you know. Uh he yeah. was born in 1944, you know, and his first his big influences were people like Les Paul and Lonnie Mack and Steve Cropper and BB King and guys like 
Cliff Gallup from from the shadows. But so he goes way back, you know, and mm -hmm. he says uh, that the electric guitar was his like the first thing that he remembers, like as a kid, like really like I got to have that. That's cool. Like wires and technology. I got to figure out how that thing works. I acoustic huh. guitar didn't really interest him at all. It's electric guitar. And, and I mm -hmm. definitely relate to that. Like there's something about the magic of, of this thing that Leo Fender created, you know, the electric guitar like that. Yeah. He, uh, he grew up in London, around London, and he met Jimmy Page um, at a very young age as they were teenage friends. And they grew up together. And um, around 1965, he played in a couple bands before this. But in 1965, this band called the Yardbirds, um, who had just had a hit with For Your Love mm -hmm. with a young Eric Clapton on guitar. Right. Um, they were really big in the London area, uh, but Eric Clapton didn't like the direction that the group was going in. They were trying to write more pop hits, and Eric Clapton didn't want to do that. He just wanted to play blues. Um, so Eric Clapton decided to leave the band. He did this, like, I mean, it's a pretty famous story. He kind of just left the group without telling anybody and moved to Greece and formed this. That, that's a different story, but we okay. can get into that. Okay. So the Yardbirds were like, well, who are we going to get to replace what everyone calls, like, the greatest lead guitar player in London at the time, Eric Clapton? So they, they said, well, this other guy, this young kid, Jimmy Page, is a studio musician. He's really good. Why don't we get him? So they asked Jimmy Page, and he's like, no, I'm really pretty good with, like, these studio sessions. I'm making really good money. I don't want to do, like, a group thing right now. <laughs> but I know this other guy, Jeff Beck, who would be great for your group. So Jeff ended up joining the Yardbirds in 1965. He ended up playing on one album with them. He played with them for about 20 months from 1965 to 1966 and played on one album. Roger the Engineer, and uh, did basically like a world tour. He got to tour uh, America, which was like a dream for him. And really, while he was in this kind of nascent period of the Yardbirds, like did some of the most dynamic and influential psychedelic rock guitar, you know, of the time. Mm -hmm. Influenced people like Jimi Hendrix. Influenced people mm -hmm. like... The Birds, like this, this was a really big band and that was creating really kind of new sounding music. And it's funny, one of my introductions to Jeff Beck was, you guys can't see this on the podcast land, but uh, this was one of my dad's records, um, having a rave up with the Yardbirds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this was a, a U.S. release of basically one of the albums that came out in Britain. They reshuffled the tracks, included one track from Eric Clapton, but... A very young Jimmy Page on there looking very nerdy over the mm -hmm. They all look kind of pretty nerdy. Yeah, um, pretty mod. Let's face it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I heard the name Jeff Beck and I put it together that, oh yeah, he was on this album. I was like, okay, well, I got it. And I just devoured this album. I wore it out, man. It's, it's freaking great. So I wanted to play an early Jeff Beck tune. This is from him with the Yardbirds. This is a, a classic track, Train Kept a Rolling, off of Having a Rave Up with the Yardbirds. Check it out. Train 
Pretty rock and later nice. covered by Aerosmith and a bunch of other fun rock bands. But it's Jim McCarty on the drums. Is it? He, the Very only nice. only remaining <laughs> member of the Yardbirds. Really? Wow. <laughs> to wow. Do, to this yeah. day. Wow. No kidding. He's just wait, he's just waiting for his moment. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna sneak in one more track here. This will go quick. All right, so around this time. Jeff Peck was also doing his kind of own solo stuff, and he was maintaining this great friendship with his friend Jimmy Page mm. at the time. Um, they were doing some other tracks that I'm sure we'll get to. At the time of the Yardbirds, I think one of their members, their bass player, left, and they needed somebody to fill in on bass. So they got Jimmy Page to fill in on bass. Mm. And then ah. they were like, oh, this guy Jimmy Page is actually pretty good at guitar. So yeah, once, they're, <laughs> once they're one of their other <laughs> guitar players learned how to play bass, they got Jimmy Page to play guitar. Now, that didn't last for too long uh, with Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page in the same group. But no, <laughs> around that time, uh, this really cool thing happened. They got a chance to be in this movie, this very, like, mod, swinging 60s London mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, they got a chance to play as a band. I don't think they were called the Yardbirds in the band, but they were asked to play Train Kept Rolling, but they couldn't get the rights secured, so they played a version of that song called Stroll On. Mm. And in this movie, it's the the Yardbirds with Jimmy Page on stage and Jeff Beck on stage, and Jeff Beck's amp is, quote-unquote, blowing up. So Jeff Beck ends up ma- like smashing his guitar. Yes. Originally, they wanted to have the, the Who in this movie, okay, but they couldn't get the Who. So they got right. the Yardbirds and wanted him to smash a guitar. So he did that. So anyway, this is uh, this is the Yardbirds doing Stroll On. It's in uh, this 1966 film called Blow Up. Check it out. So the, the, the static and crackle that you heard yeah, is the, the fake amp blowing up. So, <laughs> But so pretty it cool. Like, it's, it's pretty cool moment in rock history to have both Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck on the stage, same stage playing the same song. Pretty awesome yeah. stuff. So yeah. Very cool. After that, we'll get into some other stuff. He formed the Jeff Beck group with a bunch of famous people and went on to do awesome solo stuff. But I've talked for enough. So, Nick, you want to go? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, that... that kind of picks uh, or leaves off right where where my first song pick came from um oh, just as i had planned because he 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 leaves the, so he leaves the yardbirds in 66 and i actually I, i'm curious i haven't heard any of these but apparently he he released three commercial singles where he sang yeah yeah 
I, I, I haven't heard any of that, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming there's a reason why that, that ever stuck because he also had an old friend that he made, uh, named, named Rod Stewart. Oh yeah. Okay. That, that he, um, never heard, and, of him. And, never heard of him. Um, never heard of him. You'll recognize his voice. I, uh, and basically when he put out his first solo album, um, right. Truth was his first solo album, 1968. Is that correct? Yes. Truth is the first one from 68. Yes. With the original Jeff Beck group. Yes. Right. Right. The Jeff Beck group. Um, and I, I actually, I was, I was listening to like a bunch of Jeff Beck this past week. Um, and this album, I think it was, I mean, the, 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 there were a handful, but this album uh, was one that definitely stuck out to me. Um, so I, I had picked a song, uh, Shapes of Things, uh, nice. from that. Uh, if we could listen to that, that'd be great. Yeah. Actually, so that features uh, the drummer Mickey Waller, who, who who is actually I think Rod Stewart brought him into the band. It seems like a lot of the a lot of the cases, somebody would go and play with Jeff, and then they would bring some of their buddies that they've made. Yeah, but the it, it kind of raised as I was going through all of this stuff, um, especially with everybody that he played alongside. I, it did it raised a question that I thought I'd toss out. Um, it, it seems like he missed having like being a paired with a singer. Like every like every other legend that he kind of that he kind of grew up playing around, uh, or or that seemed to be popular at that time. Do you know what was the falling out with Rod Stewart? Like, or was that, or did Rod just have his own? Like, I don't I don't know if there was a falling out with Rod Stewart, but I just know his repeated quote that he said a long a lot is, "I f- hate lead singers." Right. <laughs> Jeff Beck said that. Jeff Beck said that. Okay. This 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 makes sense. This makes he sense. was like, I think I think the idea was, and I saw an interview that referenced this. He was like, Yeah, well, you know, the record company wanted me to have somebody sing on it, so I figured I should get somebody to sing. So there's this guy, Rod Stewart, who wanted to do it, and he had this huge pompadour haircut and he just looked like an absolute fool. So I figured, you know, he's you know, he sounds pretty good, so I'll have him <laughs> on. But I don't think he liked he didn't like sharing the spotlight. You know, he's mm. he's definitely, he's a diva, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, it's like, maybe it's like, I'm not really interested in creating that kind of music with a singer, you know? But, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's fair, too. But I remember hearing that, um, I think one of their first gigs, or their first gig with Rod, 
he was he had stage fright so bad he he hid behind Jeff Beck's uh, cabs. <laughs> you know, really? like he was afraid to come on. <laughs> Run, I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, don't make me do don't it. Don't make me, Jeff. Don't, don't make me make do me. it. Oh no, here comes Jeff. <laughs> He's looking very bad. Oh, Jeff, your don't guy, chastise me. Your guess is good <laughs> as mine. Scared Rod Stewart. That's a good one. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, but like, I, I don't know. I think there is something to be said for why he doesn't have like maybe like the mainstream popularity that, mm-hmm. you know, some of the guys do. Like he doesn't sing. He does sing a couple times, but he's not a great singer. Mm-hmm. And he never really was in like a super group aside from those early bands. Yeah, yeah, he always seemed to be amongst all, all the important players, but in the periphery as far as, like, spotlight goes. Yeah, but I think I that remember, makes him cool. Well, I also yeah. remember hearing something about taking anything away. There's all these different little nuggets of things and I've heard about Jeff Beck yeah. that have, like, come back into my mind as, mm-hmm. you know, the weeks progressed. But one thing I remember hearing about him, too, is that one of his missions or somebody described his like mission as a musician mm-hmm. is really just to get respect from the guys who are the mainstream guys. He's like, he doesn't want to be one of those big well, names. That, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. But he wants, that but, but, but he, but he does want their respect. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. And that's again, something I can kind of. Sure. Know, Absolutely. With. Yeah. Um, cause, cause he was raw talented. It's just a matter of also like, eh, you know, am I? Is it really? Do I really have it in me to go along with all these things that the business needs from me? Mm-hmm. Right. Because like right. that, you know, maybe that's just not me. Maybe yeah, and even it. from the earliest period with the Yardbirds, like even while they had this great success, and by all, you know, everyone loved having Jeff back in the band, and everyone was saying how innovative he was. You know, he's voted the best guitar player in London in like 1967, and at the same time, he was like he wouldn't show up for gigs. Mm. He would be hard to work with, you know, just, right. you know, if something difficult. went wrong, he'd just, he'd just difficult, just difficult. Yeah. So Yeah. And then, and those are the musicians, right? I mean, that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's saying that. <laughs> Imagine like the, the, the suits. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. What exactly. the hell? Or what are we, why are you even messing with this guy? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Well. All right. Well, speaking of difficult, Craig, what's your, uh, <laughs> sorry. Who are you calling difficult? All right. Anyway. Uh-oh. Um, oh, here he comes. And now you did it. And now you did what's it. your first pick, buddy? All right. Well, I hope I'm, I, I think I'm close as far as the uh, chronological, but uh, I have picked a song that is on, well, it's one of Jeff Beck's many guest appearances. We'll talk more about that you know, as we go. And I do have another pick later that's from the same record that uh, Nick picked, but I think I'd like to save that one for for later. Uh, This next pick is actually on Stevie Wonder's album, Talking Book. And uh, this song is called Looking for Another Pure Love. Yeah. 
Look, you can't get much cooler than that, okay? That's like, beautiful, man. Come on. A shout Stevie out to Stevie. Was, yeah, Stevie's like, Holy do it, Jeff. Like, in the, <laughs> They left it in the track. Oh, come on. No, it's and, great. Like, We've referenced it before. I mean, he's the, he is the king of... Guess the guest. Get, he's the king of yeah. guess the guest. He's always yeah. there, you know? Most, most yeah. frequent guest. Yeah, and, and, and what's so cool is that everyone's always like, oh, right, oh, that's, that's Jeff Beck. Because like he has a voice, you know. As mm-hmm. a guitar player, that's what we're all really trying to achieve. I mean, not just yeah. guitar players, but musicians. We, yeah, we've talked about but, that. But I will say that guitar is like it, it's becoming increasingly hard to find a unique voice because there's so many people who love playing sure. and mm-hmm. um, who have taken it to a high level. But it's hard not to imagine any rock, uh, excuse me, any electric guitarist who wasn't influenced by him at, yeah. uh, to some degree. It really is, because like all the other guys that influenced, I don't know, it, it, he he goes b- back pr- pretty early in the chain. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Like we like we said, and so you you listen to these recordings of him, these classic recordings, and you're like, what? The, all of the gu- great guitars that came after him, they were listening to these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what did they? What did that guy take? You know, what did this person take? What did you know? Uh, there's a lot of information in there that people take. You know, do, do you think the reverse was true though also that like I mean we'll get into some of his later albums but it also seemed like he would fall in love with a different genre like he just all of a sudden jumps and we'll take this trip here I guess in a minute yes. I don't mean to, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. wait actually I'll I think, wait. I think <laughs> he had he had he probably had a mild case of musical ADD oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Okay. but but then again that but that also kind of to me, that's just human. It's neat. Like it's like, it's like I, he's, probably, he's just kind of guy probably doesn't want to eat the same thing every day. Well, and he could yeah. do it. That well, and he, he, and he could do. He it. learned yeah. how to do it. You know, he, yeah. he. But yes, he could do it. Of course, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, whether it was fusion or R and B or rock or blues, mm-hmm. or you know, he he had it. He had it all. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will. Uh, before I get to my next pick, which this all is all segueing just beautifully, just the way we planned it. Perfect. Um, I do want to hit you with my controversial take. I think that Uh-oh. he is absolutely 100% as influential, and I'm not saying better or more influential, but as influential as Jimi Hendrix. Like just in terms of like the early styling and taking electric guitar as far as it can go. Like I think he absolutely has as much right to the whole like innovation of guitar electric guitar sounds as Jimi Hendrix. But I don't think that he has as much widespread appeal because he doesn't sing. And he doesn't have that's like, exactly like that. it. That's one point. And I will say this though too. Another thing that I heard I don't remember where I heard or read this, mm-hmm. but that after a gig in the late sixties, Jimmy, who had at a little bit of clout at the time, was was on his way to his <laughs> hotel room and he's like, Hey, I heard that there's a new Jeff Beck album out. And it must have been truth. Yeah. Uh you know, and and he's like, I got I need to hear it. And so they're like, okay, Jimmy. And so he gets to his hotel room, and then suddenly, like these guys, like bring up these, you know, this huge turntable rig, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. so he could hear it that night. He's like, I really want to hear that record. He can just like, he's not like Jimi Hendrix pulled out his phone and like started right, right. playing it on Spotify. He's like, I haven't heard, I haven't had a chance to listen to this. I'm on the road. Make it happen. I need to hear yeah. this record. <laughs> okay, I, Jimmy. I heard a lot. I, I actually, who who influenced whom? That's what I'm saying. Is that I mean, Jeff if you Beck, look at the, I mean, they, they, they were the same this era. Record, this record, Truth, came came out in '68. That's what I'm saying. And in it, there's some songs on it where where Mickey Waller is 
absolutely trying to sound like Mitch Mitchells, and that's probably what they were going for. Like the whole thing just has like. A, but if you listen to some of Jeff Breck's tracks from the Yardbirds that I didn't play, that, that like, was where it was from. Yeah, that's where some of the like Jimi Hendrix gets some yeah, of his like, about, sounds. They were, from. Right. They're the same era, you know. So yeah. it's, it's right. just a, it's a push yeah. and pull. Yeah. Which is um, freaking awesome that he was like a, a contemporary and like probably uh, admired, but also uh, uh, rival, uh, yes. uh, like Hendrix sure, at that sure, at that sure, time, because sure. um, they were they were kind of competing for for sound and, and and yeah. All right. So speaking of not being able to access sounds like immediately, like mm. when we were growing up, you know. So I was all into Guitar Heroes. Eric Clapton was my guy, and I devoured anybody who was adjacent. To Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck was one of them, but back in the day, you couldn't just go on Spotify and check out everything Every... that Jeff Beck <laughs> God ever damn did. It, we sound so old. I know. <laughs> you know what Beck. Can I do? So you know there was this thing called the Columbia Record House, and I got a yeah. Jeff Beck CD, oh. and it was the best of Beck, which you know oh, that sounds cool. like a pretty good sp spot to start, and it you was. Mm -hmm. But it was this weird collection that had like a couple of his really early tracks. Like stuff from like like Shapes of Things to Come and mm -hmm. Bex Bolero and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then it had a bunch of like older tracks, like from the eighties, that were kind of like synthy yeah. and like I didn't really like as much. And so I was like, Well, yeah, this guy's talented, but I don't really see I didn't really it didn't I didn't get Jeff Beckitis with it, you know. Yeah. Until and it, it this is admittedly shamedly later ah, in life than it should have been but <laughs> it's when it happened so i was probably 20 and i was working at i just started working at bill's music um and you know of course after work you know we get off and we go to party and i i went to this guy's place that was working and working there and um we were having some drinks and maybe enjoying some other substances. And, you know, he had, he's like, man, have you ever heard Jeff Beck? I'm like, yeah, of course I've heard Jeff Beck. He's like, but have you ever heard this Jeff Beck? And he put this album on the turntable. It was vinyl, mm. which was really, really super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like super hip in 2001. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And um, yeah, this, this, it was, it was Jeff Beck's Wired, which is an album that came out in 1976. Mm. Oh, yeah. And this is the opening track. And, it just blew my mind. Check it out.
and that just it, it hit all the check bark check check boxes oh, you know so and yeah, yeah. Uh, it just from that point forward i was just like a jeff i just devoured everything and especially yeah. in that era the middle 70s um blow by blow and why are those two albums man yeah. two of my favorites of all time well it, pe- people like to really pair those two it's almost like kind of like wired is almost like the sequel to blow by blow yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they go hand in hand. Everyone likes to talk about those two studio albums because it's mm-hmm. like, a, and they're 75 and, and 76. Back, they're yeah. like, yeah, they're really. It's funny because in when, when I got introduced to these records, that that was like kind of a debate. Which ones? Because I, I recognize Blow by Blow, people, and we haven't played anything from that yet, but people would talk like that was the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And somehow I got my hand on Wired as well. Wired, at first. Man. And, and Wired was the one that just totally, yeah, my God. John, Jan Hammer's on it. Jan Hammer, that's, man. Oh. That's a big deal. That, that, that's what, so this Jan Hammer is a, a keyboardist who's also really known for being in um, the Mahavishnu Orchestra. This right. This fusion band yeah. from, with John McLaughlin and Billy Cobb. And Cobham. the drummer from this as well. Uh, Narada, what is it, Narada Wilson? Yeah, yeah, no, Narada Michael Walden. And he was Holdsworth's first, drum, first drummer, too. Oh, they, yeah, well, Alan Holdsworth. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of, uh, there's Crosser. some parallels between Holdsworth and, and Beck, you know. Oh, yeah? I'm sure that they were checking each other out a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, at this time, like, Jeff Beck said he was, like, on this huge fusion kick, and it was all based on Ma Vishnu and John McLaughlin, like, he just said like yeah. he was the greatest player on the planet and this was his attempt to do a john mclaughlin ripoff you know what? it's funny because it's aged really nicely because it's funky like the mahaviku yeah. stuff isn't funky it's like heady and like indian yep. mm-hmm. and you know proggy mm-hmm. yep. and this has its proggy moments blow that blow has more progginess to it i agree yeah yeah and uh i don't know if am i up for, with a <laughs> Nick's up sure. next, but it does. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Oh, good, good, good. Because I, because don't you have a pick from Blow by Blow on there? I do have a pick from Blow by Blow. Let's let's Blow. let's play that because we gotta <laughs> we can't get too far. We're close to following the chronological timeline. I know it's okay. amazing. Yeah, so well, let's, we, let's, we jumped ahead. We jumped ahead to slightly, slightly. <laughs> but we're gonna yeah. back up one year. Yes. To uh, to Blow by Blow. Thank um, you. So uh, yeah, yeah. So he gets kind of enamored with this jazz fusion sound and puts together, I think this is his second album. His second album was Blow by Blow, as far as credited as a solo artist. Credited as a solo Jeff, album, yeah. yeah. yeah not he's, kind of the Jeff Beck group. Yes. Sorry, sorry, not the Jeff Beck group. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the order is Truth, Beckola, Rough and Ready, Jeff Beck group, and then Blow by Blow. Okay. But the second, third, and fourth are listed under Jeff the Jeff Beck group, whereas the other right. ones are just Jeff Beck. So that's the right. confusion there. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so he puts this album out blow by blow in 1975. I grabbed, uh, I actually grabbed a track that apparently Jay had grabbed because I, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> What's read. a good track? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but this one, this one today, when I, when I was listening, was one of the ones that I, that I, when I hadn't tagged, uh, this is Scatterbrain. Let's, let's listen to this.
Yes, sir. There's a really funny story uh, oh, yeah. about that album. I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but uh, do it. So apparently Jeff Beck was like really like fanatical about making like doing overdubs and making sure his solos were 100 percent correct and exactly the way that he wanted them. And apparently it was this big, long ordeal to get this particular album out the out the doors and because he just wanted to keep tweaking stuff. And the producer on this one, anybody know? George, George Martin. Martin. George Martin. Exactly. So apparently they, they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally they were like, okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. And then Jeff Peck came back like a couple weeks later and he came to George and he was like, I really want to do this, this one solo uh, over again. And George was like, well, that's fine, Jeff, except there's one problem. Um, it's already in the stores. <laughs> yeah. It's already in, it's already, it's already no, in the They'd store. released it. <laughs> And so Jeff Beck was like, okay, I'll it. just write wired then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. You know, it's it, it's interesting because I it's one of those records where from the first time I heard it and even now, I hear a lot of like imperfections. There are a lot but of But that doesn't mean I don't like yeah. it. You know, like yeah. there's a ton mm -hmm. sometimes his tone, I'm like, did he just plug right into the board? You know, <laughs> it does like, sound like that, yeah. It, I think that he did. I, I don't know if he did, for sure if he, I know Gilmore did that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, for Pink Floyd, but like, uh, I don't know. Just it, it, I'm like, I, I don't know how easy that tone would be to achieve. Like, if I was, if someone was like, all right, you have to retract this song, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. in, in a very short amount of time, I'd probably be like, uh, you probably just want to go right into the board with a, with a yeah. fuzz pedal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? I think I think this is also when he reciprocated uh, because he had Stevie on. He did a couple Stevie songs on this yes. Stevie Wonder songs on this on this album, right? So, yeah, and it, it really is. Over the years, I've I've kind of come to lean into Blow by Blow as a better record. Hmm. Honestly, I, not, I, I prefer this one on first listen. Actually, I don't want to say better, but you know, just uh, I can see why people put it up on a pedestal. Wired has kind of through the years gotten more and more acclaim. You know, I think like mm -hmm. Questlove even just like did a post talking about how no, much really. he loved Wired. Yeah, you know, and so that's going to draw some good attention to it, I hope, because it is mm -hmm. a funky record. Blow by blow, though. I mean, you heard it, Scatterbrain. It's great. Super proggy. Yeah. I think that's why I gravitated you towards know, it. You know, 9 8 time signature. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it is it's like, I thought this guy was in the Yardbirds. Was he trying to sound like <laughs> Dream Theater, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, it's, he, it's, he it's fell in love with saying. John what McLaughlin was doing, which is freaking awesome. It is, yeah. of course. And there's not it's too so many cool. like blues-based players from London that went on to do fusion stuff like that. Because He's the he, only one. I mean, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have like a transcription book. Yeah, like. I, He's another one. He's still alive, John McLaughlin. Yeah, McLaughlin. Like, yeah. he'll, he'll he'll get his own show too. I mean, yeah, yeah. whenever that happens. <laughs> yeah, but Jeff Beck said that you know John McLaughlin <laughs> was one of his huge biggest influences, in and Jimmy Page's as well. You know, uh, uh, John McLaughlin influenced Jimmy Page to get into that more Middle Eastern thing and like Cashmere and you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, right. All right. So now, Mr. Greg, you're up. <laughs> okay, let me think. Um, I've got two picks left. Mm -hmm. I'd like to save one of these for later. I mean, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit now. Okay. 1992. Have I jumped okay. too far ahead? No, okay? no, no. Maybe you're right. All right. All right. <laughs> so at this most point, Jeff Beck players' minds, it's like the 70s and then everything else. Kind of. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, because well, you know, as many great 
late 70s or well, yeah whatever. the I mean, 80s you know, happened and the 80s nobody happened. was happy about it he was yeah. uh, you know you can find some 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 corny pictures of jeff or you know some extremely 80s you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> where suddenly he's playing like you know a charvel oh yeah you know, or a well, I don't know. There's a bunch yeah, of, like a I Jackson bet. performer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jackson's exactly, which is cool, you know. Yeah, there's a guitar's rip, but you know the style is that it's very not Yardbirds, man. <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. undude. <laughs> mm. All right. So, so 1992. 1992. Uh huh. Now, and I've played this clip before. This was on Guess the Guest, but I thought I had to bring it because uh-huh. okay. this track is oh, okay. this track is kind of slamming. This is uh, Jeff Beck. On an appearance, a guest appearance on Roger Waters' solo album, Amused mm. to Death. Mm-hmm. The song is called What God Wants, Part One. And uh, actually, you know what? I don't know if I've had, if I've played that clip, but I played another clip from that album because he played on, on five like five songs on gotcha. that throughout the record. Gotcha. But yeah, that's pretty ripping, man. That's yeah, awesome, it man. It, it's it's a really good example too of uh, like in the mid '80s, he for whatever reason decided to switch from playing with a pick to just playing all fingerstyle, which mm. is really really unique for a shredder. That like that style of guitar, like nobody plays mm-hmm. with like thumbs and but it's all in his hands, man. Everyone says it's all in Jeff Beck's right hand because he'll yep. play, you know, with the the meat of his thumb, you know, in his forefinger, and then control his vibrato with the whammy bar with like the palm of his hand while he's controlling volume and tone knobs all the time with his pinky. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's freaking yeah. crazy. You watch the guy live. It's yeah. like he's like a robot over there. Like it's it's just every note there's an adjustment being made. It's mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah, and it's always the right adjustment. It's always like Yeah, yeah. So I was like that worked. You know? yeah. It's never like, "Oh, shouldn't have done that." <laughs> yeah, cuz or, or like, "Oh, I slipped and pushed the, you know, I I turned the knob too quickly or I like pushed the whammy bar too hard." It's like, "No, it's like he's just he would like he would hit a harmonic, bing, kind of a bell tone where like it sustains Mm-hmm. And then just like play the whole melody with the whammy bar, like yes. yeah. like a theremin, yeah. you know, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and it know? makes it like it sounds like a singing, like a tremolo. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He has a very beautiful. vocal vibrato, a uh, very vocal character to his playing, and, and all I, of that I, stuff like 
came about in the 80s when he's like 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like decides to change his style or update it. Crazy. But the one thing that I had noted in listening back through, especially like his first, uh, those first three albums that or that he's credited as a solo artist, I started wondering like, wait, did, wait, did he, did I miss this? Did he, or has this come up and I've just forgotten it? He definitely influenced Zappa, like in playing style. So. I would think and, so. No, yeah, there's, yeah. there's like quotes that, because Zappa was, yeah. when he was recording One Size Fits All, was was really into Wired. That uh, makes like sense. That. Total sense. Yeah, and and you really and I and I remember especially listening to it um, th- this past week. I was like, man, that sounds like just some of that, like the spider, like the like where he will bend mm-hmm. into like the the note that his next finger is about to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that Zappa do- does that, which was always a distinctive Zappa sound, but. But Zappa has apparently mentioned numerous, in numerous interviews that he's a he's quite a fan of Jeff Beck, Mr. That, Beck. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, last round here, and I'm going to change my pick. I had something, oh. but now I'm going to change it. Um, oh, son of a gun! Because wow. I want to stay. I want to stay audible. You know, it'll yeah. audible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to start, since we're talking about '80s Jeff Beck, why don't I play one of the tracks from that Best of Beck? CD that I originally got that really grabbed my ears. Okay. Um, it, this one and and Goodbye Pork Pie Hat, which is a beautiful. That was my original pick here. It, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful cover of a Charles Mingus song. Um, that one caught my ear as a, as a as a youngin, and this one caught my ear. And this is in the '80s. Jeff Beck got this is '85. He got back with Rod Stewart and did a single, hmm. um, which got some video rotation on MTV and it's Ooh. him playing a Jackson which is what, oh. what got me in this mode and he's playing his fingers the new finger style technique that he got that he came up with and it's a beautiful cover of a Curtis Mayfield song mm. people get ready check it out Playing along to that song, yeah. like many, 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 many times in my bedroom. Like that yeah. was one of my favorite, favorite songs to play along with. So '80s, but not a bad song. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh man! All right, Nick Klein. Okay, you got an '80s back I, to I, share I, with I, us. I do because honestly, the only, the only thing going into this, aside from he played with the Yardbirds and, and I, I had heard people get ready uh, because that, 
is co-credited. It's Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart. People right. get ready, right? The only song, there was a, a CD in dad's collection that was accessible as a child um, <laughs> that was called uh, he let Jeff you play, Beck's... He let you play this one? Dude, I had wait. I could get yeah. As long as it wasn't in the basement, I could I could listen to it. Um, and it was it, it was in the uh, it was in the upstairs collection. So um, this was Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop. Yeah. <laughs> and the only and I remember I would go to it to listen to it because Dad would talk about Terry Bozio, like Terry oh, Bozio. Oh right. Yeah. Because that, that's uh, it's uh, Terry Bozio um, and Greg Hymas. That sounds right. Keyboards. Todd Hymas. Um, is it Todd? Shoot. Tony. Tony. That's <laughs> yep. Close. Tony. Okay. Tony. Tony. Terry Tony. and Tony and Jeff. Um, and I listened to this whole album. I actually listened to the first couple. I've listened to the first 30 seconds of every track on this album, trying to see if anything jumped out. And then, and, and I'm sorry, this is my last pick. Cause honestly, it's, it's the reason I picked it was cause it's the one that I remember from when I was a kid, <laughs> I would skip ahead to this one. Cause I just thought it was silly. But this is uh, this is later on the album, and this is an this came out in '89. This is a very very '80s sounding album um, when the '80s were already winding down. It's called "Day in the House." It's it's got uh, it's got all vocals with by Terry Bozio as well. So oh, that, that, we have that hmm. to enjoy. <laughs> They yes. were a weird time. It's got like this art of noise sound to it, or like even like a little bit of like a crimson funk kind of an '80s funk sound going. To yeah, it. it's 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 fun. You know, and and the the clip I played earlier, I was gonna say something about it, which it's it, it's you know early '90s. It still has a little bit of that '80s. Mm, yeah, I don't want to yeah. call it slime, but you know, it's kind of, <laughs> a little bit of '80s re- res- residue. residue. Yeah, residue. Yeah. There we go. We got it. But it sounds it, to me, it's like a darker uh, Dire Straits. Yeah, you know, okay. that last clip. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it that, has that industrial component. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then this kind of is it, you know it's a few years before or whatever. And mm-hmm. Terry Bazio, this is eighty nine, right? Eighty nine, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting yeah. record. There's there are some standout guitar moments on it, but 
Yeah. There well, are. That was not one of them, it was, but it's the song that stuck out to me. The artwork is like as if he's working on a car that's being raised up, right? I thought that's that right. was the coolest thing and, as a kid. Except yeah. it's I a would guitar. stare at that. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah so, underneath a uh, sea green Fender Strat. Right. Yep. And so the choice for that to be the artwork is because he actually worked on he had a collection of cars right oh yeah work on apparently he was like really good at fixing cars yeah Yeah, which i think is something that is a detail that should be brought up yeah absolutely yeah because it was was a hobby but it's also like like you know there's something about the mechanics that's why yeah electric guitar not acoustic right well i i have a friend a a guy i known for a long time uh misha mansour Who's this oh, yeah. guitar player in a, yeah. in a metal band called Periphery, mm-hmm. and um, he also produced the few a few Animals as Leaders albums. He's like obsessed with cars now, okay. and I actually mentioned this to a mutual friend, and he and they they said she said uh, he's just into machines, Machine. you know, yeah. like and and, I, and it's like it's true, like he's mm-hmm. at watches, you know, like watches, just, yeah. you know, and he's an interesting guy, yeah. very successful, and um, he, and now he has a McLaren. I don't know if I told you guys this story, but it's a different thing. But I'm just talking. I'm on the topic of guitar of guitar players who love cars. Mm-hmm. He gave me a ride in the McLaren, and I almost threw up. Oh, uh, yeah, 160 miles an hour in the L.A. hills. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Uh, but anyway, the point is that here's a guy you know who could be playing guitar. Decided almost like I don't know. Do you like take a break in the 80s? I mean, not a break, obviously, yeah. but like no, absolutely. Was, I mean, by all I, he didn't. He released like two albums in the eighties, right? Yeah. Two or, so he's two or like, three. He's like and mainly just his spent cars. It, you know, like building hot rods, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but then he comes back. You know, he comes back with uh, a lot to say. Yeah, he, he, that that technique has become fully rounded out. Yeah, and, and you just, you watch videos of him. Most of the videos that are on YouTube are of you know from the nineties, late nineties. Or the current period, right up until you know he's still playing out on the road, you know, just a couple yeah. weeks ago, and mm-hmm. his technique is as flawless as ever, and his band is great. And just go watch the guy play. I mean, it's a master in action. I mean, it's really fantastic to see. The guy just yeah. did not age. It's it's really incredible to see. Yeah, it's at seventy years old, he still looks you know fresh and cool and. Yeah. You know, you know, he was like the inspiration for the Nigel Tufnell character in Spinal Tap. Oh, was he really? I could see that. Uh, <laughs> now Nick, had... Nick really perked up. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I was, I was looking for, no, I knew there was this quote because <laughs> there's a quote in it. I read this Ultimate Guitar interview from like 2009 that they had done because he has a line in there about um, he always gets into a bunch of different stuff, but his high points are the moments that he does albums. Mm. That like that whatever crap was going on in between there, it was just kind of getting to the next album. So, so I guess the, I guess the eighties he had a lot of extracurricular time on his on his cars. But it yeah. seems like when the albums came out, that's when that's when he felt like he was most himself. For but sure. Nigel Tufnell, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And once you see, if you watch another interview with Jeff Beck, you will immediately see it. You're like, oh, right. Yeah, that's definitely Nigel. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, they, right. they studied him. The cutoff shirt. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. <laughs> this one goes to 11. <laughs> it's not for looking. All right, Greg, finish this off, buddy. Well, let's go back to uh, his first solo album. A Rewind? A Rewind. This is Bex Bolero off of the album Truth. Nice. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I always mm. love the ending to that song because like they're still just rocking along, and then someone's like must have hold held their yeah, arm up, yeah, like oh oh yeah, stop time 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 time. <laughs> We're running out of tape. <laughs> it's cool though. Cool. It, it's 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 a good vibe, and you know, he was very interesting with his note choices. You know, mm-hmm. and he and he would bend. He he knew how to bend the the rest of the group to play the notes that he wanted to hit. You know. Yeah, he understood. He had a good sense of theory. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You know, and 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 like how to get creative. He he knew song like he knew like simple song structures, and I think that a lot of that is in the Yardbirds. Although they even display some stuff, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, they get uh, out there. for your love is like a E G A major A minor. A minor. You know, and like <laughs> you, you hear that, and you're like, okay, uh, you know, that doesn't follow along the conventional lines of, you know, what should work right mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it's still pretty simple but by this point already in 68 i mean you know you're hearing some interesting chord voice uh chord progressions yeah and then you can almost hear the you almost hear the roots i mean honestly at the end there that kind of had like a mahavishnu sound to it a little bit like how big and open it was it was before but right mahavishnu wasn't until 71 before. yeah uh yes because uh in 1969 was when uh, Bitches Brew came out, and McLaughlin is on that. Okay. He hasn't done Mahavishnu yet. Okay. So. Okay. But the sound existed. Yeah. And this sound, the sound from this album, influenced, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. Their yeah. first album came out like five weeks later, you know, mm. after this album, and uh, had some of the same, there's a cover of You Shook Me on both right. of the albums. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were they were very parallel, but they yeah. were. But that's man, you want to talk about rivals, but like, but, but buddies, you know, mm-hmm. probably yeah. more buddies, and with like a maybe. Who knows? I don't even know if they were honestly rivals at any point because they more they seem kind like of rode the same way. <laughs> they more like buddies. Um, if I can leave with two short stories here, absolutely, uh, and then I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys to to finish it off. The first is that uh, I'll never forget hearing this story, and Jay, you may, uh, you could probably confirm this. But that Jeff gave Jimmy a Telecaster. I was like, yeah. "Here you go, mate. You know, like, like go. I want this one. I want you to have this one." And that's yeah. the guitar that Jimmy recorded the Stairway to Heaven solo on. Turned into the Dragon wow. Telecaster. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. one thing. It's like when he left the Yardbirds, he gave right. Jimmy Page his Telecaster that he played in the Yardbirds, and that turned gotcha. into the famous Dragon Telecaster. You know, and yeah. and apparent because apparently Jimmy would like to track in the studio with a Telecaster, but then play live on stage with the Les Paul mm-hmm. for different reasons. But it's like, you see him on stage, you see all these photos of Jimmy Page on stage with the Les Paul. But right. when you listen to the record, he's actually playing a Telecaster. Wow. You know, and it's like the the one that Jeff Beck Do you think it's him, just right? the look? Do no, like I think that was Paul? that part of it, but also kind of like providing a live heavy sound. He probably just mm. didn't, he probably just, would try the Les Paul in the studio and be like, eh, let me try the Telecaster. And it's, just, it's cuts, mm-hmm. you know? To quote our, our friend Nick Carroll, yep. like, Tellies are like daggers, man. <laughs> it's true. You know, like, it's true. Like, like they just, they cut through, you know? And, and Les Pauls are, it can, they're, they're thicker, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a thicker cool. sound, right? So it probably, that that's why he's using it live because, like, you don't want to sound wimpy live, so you need, like, yeah. a lot of, like, thick tone yeah. but, on a, but on a record yeah he wanted to be able to he didn't want it to be lost so right. anyway Precise. that's what I'm, I'm just imagining this but also I played th- through a very small amp true yeah not like to get too pro. 
Yeah, right? he played through a very small lamp on those early Led Zeppelin records. But then oh. we'd go on stage and play with Marshall. Yeah, it's like, you just see, it's like different tools for the situation, mm-hmm. especially yeah. at that time, you know? Yeah, his live rig wasn't the same thing as the studio. Right. It's perfect. So, um, but then the other, the, the very last uh, Jeff Beck story, and then, I'll, and then I'll, I'm done, is that my high school English and drama teacher, you know, <laughs> One t- one day I was listening to like I don't know Steve Morse or John Petrucci or you know just be like this guy's this guy's the greatest guitar player on the planet and she didn't she, I don't even think she like looked up from whatever she was reading she's like I don't even know why you bother listening to those guys Jeff Beck's the best who's ever lived you know? <laughs> and I was like I was like what are you talking I was like what, I was like what are you talking about you know uh, you know about guitar I, I, yeah first of all I was like you listen to guitar players you're like this is new yeah. to me uh, you know and. Uh, Drama teacher mic drop. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then, but then every, you know, throughout the years, and I still, you know, keep in touch with her a little bit. Over the years, I'll be like, yeah, you were right about Jeff Beck. You know, like, uh, like, yeah, wow, you were yeah. really right about Jeff Beck. And I was like, <laughs> you know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, just the older I get, the more I realize, yeah, you know, she was dead on about that. She, she, because she could hear, she, she was listening to these guys that I was like, wow, look at, listen to that speed and all that, you know, but mm-hmm. she knew. Yeah. And, and the fact that it came from a lady, you know what I mean? Like not not just like some other some bro, you know, like he bro bro border. Right. Jeff Beck rules, man. You know, it wasn't that. It was a what girl. Saying, it was a girl saying it, you know? And yeah. like yeah. I say my English teacher, but you know, she makes Miss Mac shout out to Miss Macadori. There you go. Um you know, she was cool. She knew she knew what she knew what was up. She she, she knew what, what was cool was. What is hip, you know? Yes. And exactly. Well, so well said, Mr. Greg. Man, that's awesome. Um, guys, before we move on from Beck's Bolero, who can name mm-hmm. the group that played behind Jeff Beck on that track? The group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's the well, okay, who's the second electric guitar player? I don't know. And and principal co- Ronnie co- songwriter. No. Jimmy Page. Oh no. He's the guy playing the twelve string guitar. Is Beck's Bolero the one with is that that's that's what I thought you know who on drums, right? It is Mr. Keith Moon, right on the yeah. drums. Yes, yeah. Good and Lord. on bass, they couldn't they couldn't list his name, so they put you know who. Yeah. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Anybody got a bass? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, no. Uh, what's his name from the Stones? Right. Mm-mm. Oh, John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones. Right. Oh my yep. god. That's right. That's it's right. basically Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Led Zeppelin <laughs> plus Keith Moon plus Keith and Jeff Moon. Beck. Yeah. <laughs> Play on Jeff on Beck. That's a heck of an album. Yeah. It is. Yeah. How sick That's is great. that? And apparently, oh, I'm also just like glancing at the Wikipedia and I see like Nick Mason recalls that. I didn't have that pulled up, by the way. Oh, well done. Well done. Yeah. What did uh, Nick Mason say? Is that Pink Floyd want, had wanted to recruit Beck to be its guitarist after the departure of Sid Barrett. <laughs> and then we met him. No, but, no, no, no. But none of us had the nerve to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was approached he about was joining the Rolling Stones. He could have been in Pink Floyd. He could have been in the Rolling Stones. If he had really wanted it, it sounds like yeah, he, he could have had it. it. Yep. That answers my question. He I didn't was, want it. He didn't fucking want it. Excuse me. Nope. <laughs> Man, badass. Uh, I, this has been great, guys. Um, you know, I was... We were all really heartbroken to hear about Jeff Beck's passing. He's a musician's musician, a guitarist's guitarist, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be dearly missed. And uh, but I think I think we gave him a, a pretty good. That's a good send here. off. Yeah, yeah, good send off. Yeah. So speaking of send offs, Mr. Greg, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us should they choose to do so? 
All right. Well, you can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. You can send us an mm-hmm. email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. Listen tweeted. to us on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and Spotify, wherever podcasts are heard. Leave a review, and as always, tell a friend, you should check it out. Indeed. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mr. Klein. Thank, Thank you, you all there out, out there Thank in you, podcast Jake. land. You, Give a couple Jeff Beck albums to spend this week in his honor. You know, we'll be doing so. So It's worth it. Yeah. It's damn good music. Absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you back here next week. Peace. Awesome. See Later. you.